Every time you do that, it looks like a <laughs> looks like a horror movie right before somebody gets killed. Oh, the when the screen turns completely like blue. Yeah, in this case, obviously early on in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that a thing still? Like, are black There's, people making it further in movies? I, I, you know what? I, I in think, horror films? Uh, I think, uh, you know, that it's a good sign that they are. There's actually a movie coming out that's um, a horror movie, kind of horror comedy. I can't remember what it's called, but it's. Um, I saw the trailer for it. It's all about. Um, it's all it, the cast is entirely black. Okay, so they all die in the first couple of minutes. <laughs> like, what is it? Like the monster it's, and it's a short and, subject. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the monster, and then like the investigation. <laughs> like, <laughs> it makes the they all died in the, the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, it makes the thriller video look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> What's even better about that is would be like if I did a a spoof on horror films. Like as soon as the opening credits rolled, I kill like the black black dude. You know what I mean? Tracks horror film and then oh man he'd be like hey guys you know man and then just kill him off the last one I watched was uh, Kid Cudi was in it and he made it pretty far man really I think yeah is that like Scream or something no it was um, I'm just thinking Kid Cudi in, in a God, movie what was it called X X X and okay. then Pearl came out after that mm. yeah those are two dope ones um. So I was telling you that I was playing Battlefront 2 and lost track of time because mm-hmm. um, I just finished playing Jedi Survivor. Wow. So I was like, oh, I want to go back and see what Battlefront was about because I don't know. When I initially tried to play it, I got super dizzy. So since I didn't have an issue with Jedi Survivor, I was like, let me go back and see if when I play it on my big screen on my television, it doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. So far, so good. So there you go, man. That's good, man. I mean, if you're if you're looking at something, and it makes you dizzy, uh, nine uh, doctors out of ten would tell you to look at something else. <laughs> well, hey, listen, no one that goes fishing in the ocean. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you just gotta learn to live with it sometimes. I mean, I'm not an, an op- optometrist or an ophthalmologist, but I mean, come on, I am Asian, so. <laughs> It is, that is very important. That is important in Florida too, man. Is it like a st- one one step up, man? Come on. <laughs> We're staying out. We're staying out. NAACP is spoken. <laughs> I uh, I have like an an serious refusal to follow that story. Oh yeah, well whatever. There are two cities that um, I really, really enjoyed at the right age. Those were um, not even all of Miami, South Beach and Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I have no desire yeah. to go back there to either one of those places now, <laughs> as discussed previously <laughs> on Rap Sucks Radio. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Vegas, dude. We It's worth repeating this. That, that like film, film that's over the whole city. And the people. <laughs> it's like a film. <laughs> just no, nah, Vegas is cool. Just a, a general, a general atmosphere of malaise. Yeah, like like I said, it's a, it just needs a whole city worth of Clorox wipes. Just 
wipe wipe the whole city down, yo. <laughs> that, that microphone is gonna file a lawsuit against you, man. It is, man. I've, I've beat this microphone. I've dropped this microphone. It's it's pretty rough. Um, Hang tough, bro. All right, man. <clears throat> Opening question. Have you ever been to Ojai, California before? Uh, I don't think so. Wanted to go. You don't think so? Yeah, I don't think I have. Okay. What would you imagine a wedding uh, from a couple in Ojai, California would look like? A couple from Ojai, California. What would you imagine that wedding would be like? Like if you had a guess... Would it be like Amish? Would it be like, what is your view of Ojai, California? I wouldn't assume. Am- Amish would be pretty far down on the list. It would be on the list, but it would be pretty far down on the list, Amish wedding. I don't even know what an Amish wedding looks like, other than Me maybe either. a wedding uh, uh, featuring Amish people. But um, <laughs> I would not put that. I would. I Well, if I was putting a sort of game plan together, a pre-wedding game plan, I would definitely... The first thing I would find is wherever the the um, the open bars were, and, and find the one with the shortest line because there's going to be more than one open bar. And, okay, and, and one of them is going to be the the preferable one for me, not the one where okay. people are trying to get fancy stuff. The one where, you know, the guys who don't play uh, Star Wars video games are going to be going to just get some whiskey neat, just keep it moving. You know what I mean? And that's true. It's I would be the, in the other the line with bar. the whiskey. Fair enough. You're, okay, so you're at, oddly enough, you're right. There were two. There were two open bars, a rooftop and a, and the uh, one near the dining area. So very good call on a on a wedding from a couple from Ohio, California. Um, I did uh, MC the wedding. Mm-hmm. The couple was from Ohio. I was uh, booked to do the to MC for, um, a DJ for a wedding and. I should preface this because it might sound negative what I'm going to say. The wedding was the people were really nice. Everyone was cool. Chill wedding. People kind of most I think they're in their mid 30s the couple. Everyone was super chill. So, when I say this next thing, I mean no disrespect at all to anyone. <laughs> I really do. I I do not. And I want to be very clear that this is literally just a description of the event. It's not a like, "Oh my god, this is horrible." 150 guests. That's a lot. It's a fair amount, fair amount of people. It looked it was looked small, but it was beautiful, beautifully decorated, mm-hmm. very, very, very non-traditional. Hmm. Um, super nice wedding. Like the dog was part of the ceremony. Tight. Right. Mm-hmm. I've never seen any group of people: black, white, Mexican. Asian or otherwise, where 150 or let's say 148 of their closest friends are in the same area and there is not one person of another race. I've this is that's the first time I've ever seen that in my I was like. So y'all don't have no. (laughs) Is that a function of (laughs) Ohio? Being fairly uh, well, that's what I'm curious. That's what I'm, I've been to Ojai for work, but I've never. It's and Ojai is beautiful in and of itself. But and I that's just Ojai wasn't where the wedding was. It was in New Hall, oh. but um, 
But yeah, I've never seen that before. Uh, There's always like one other person. You know, my next question is, what's that? Was it uh, was it all Mexican folks? Nope. Uh, was it all black folks? Was okay. nope. Um, was it all white folks? Yes. Wow. Okay. I think I've probably been to a couple weddings or DJed a couple weddings that were. Nah, but they. It was in New York. It's never all white folks. It's never. It's so. It was so unusual. Mm-hmm. Again. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, Trekkers, I'm not saying anything bad. I just have never seen that before. Mm. Usually there's always like one or somebody's like dating somebody from another race or whatever. Or they got a good, really close friend. It's, you know, so it might be like of 158, 148 guests, like two well, will be like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? My wedding was all white folks. So <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, right. It, and being that your wife is not. <laughs> oh my god! It was cool. Um, last thing about this, DJ. No, the wedding was dope. It was um, great. Good. Um, Ojai strikes me as a sort of uh, uh, affluent place. Um, not that you can't have, you know, a little bit of melanin in the in the social circle, you know. Sure. But uh, sure. Yeah that that is that is interesting. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, that was the most peculiar thing of the night. The other thing is that you, you realize like, um, I don't know, like it's, it's got to be difficult to. Uh, my suggestion for anyone who's getting married or you know whatever plan when you're if you're planning your wedding, you invite a DJ, right? And again, no diss. This is not a diss. This is actually just kind of a suggestion that I give to any couple. I've emceed multiple weddings before. This is my suggestion. Tell the DJ exactly what to play. I know that it might feel uncomfortable for a DJ to feel like a a jukebox or whatever, but there's if you give some variance, like I I disagree, the DJ's going to try to. Okay, go ahead. If you're the DJ, and I I know that whoever Mm -hmm. DJ, I I was going to ask you who DJed, who was it? Everready. Everready's DJed millions of weddings, right? Yes. But you have to force them to tell you because otherwise it ends up being a much more exactly painstaking for everybody involved than it has. To be. Well, and that, and that's the thing. It wasn't particularly painstaking. It was it was cool. He played basically they, you know, they they did the right thing in a sense by sending a playlist of music. Oh, OK. Right? Well, but the playlist was had a lot of variants. Mm. So what what most DJs are going to do is they're going to play within their comfort zone of what they know, sure. right? So if you if you put a lot of 90s hip hop on one or maybe some old old school funk, whatever. But they wanted to listen to and I've never heard of this group but like LCD Sound System and um there's another group called Polo and Pan. They wanted to listen to that. And that was their jam. Like that was it. They loved that music and it was like I would have told the DJ I would have said, "Yo, red circle around this mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying totally this all this other stuff is cool you can open the day da- open the dance floor with it first 15 20 minutes but if we got two hours of dancing we want to dance to this for like an hour and 50 of it you know what i'm saying yeah and that's that's just that, and i was lucky because i had a whole sort of team of people that were going through and saying i need your must plays 
I need your maybe plays. I need you to go ask your uh, uncles and aunties that are a little older who are their favorite bands from the 1960s or whatever, just so we have, yeah. some, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. But I didn't have to like go through all that by myself. So it made it a, a lot easier. Yeah. 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 I want to ask you this. Did you and Everready uh, have to really do some soul searching, look into your hearts when someone asked you to play Biggie Juicy and decide which version <laughs> you were going to play? Because in a room... Of that uh, composition, mm-hmm. it's just too tempting. It's just too tempting, right at that, right at the right, right before the hook, just to if uh-huh. you don't know, man. Oh, room, if you're you if you if your if your numbers are that strong in the room and it's your party, if 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 you the DJ are gonna play juicy, I, I can't be mad. I can't be. Mad. Come on, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. He we uh, he played hypnotize and oh, okay. and that went over pretty well. It, there's a, it's it's weird. Um, off of the subject, I mean, on the subject of the wedding, you know, it's like anything else, man. Like, there's a, a percentage of people that are because all the music's being played is good mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Sure. So there's a percentage of people that are just dancing, like they're dancing no matter what you play, no matter what. So you basically have a dance floor especially at a wedding where people sort of kind of go on and off. It's not like really a club. In, sure, in a, sure. In a sense, right? Yeah. Um, and then there are just people who are like, I want to hear very specifically what I want to hear. Yeah. Really no different than a club. So it, it's always it's always an interesting situation um, working weddings because, you know, you don't want to miss like what they want to hear, what the couple wants to hear. But there have been quite a few times where the couple wants to hear something that none of their friends would ever listen to. Like tough luck. It, right. But it's still like, but as you know, you're trying to get people to dance and the couple's like, Mm-mm. right. We want to hear all village people <laughs> all night. It's like, <laughs> man, I had so many weird experiences with that, but you know what I can say? For as many weddings as I DJed, and there were quite a few, uh, I, I, the the DJ that we had, DJ Center at our wedding, oh yeah, he's yeah. one of the greatest, um, uh, you know, and a, and a, a incredibly um, generous dude, sweet dude, nice guy, and a and a great DJ with a very wide ranging selection of music that he could play from, no matter what you want. I don't remember a damn thing he played. I know there was some Stevie. And I know that I got yelled at because we threw on the D'Angelo record for the first dance. And I did not practice a dance with my wife, who is a prof- was a professional dancer. And I will never hear the end of that. Now, let me ask you this. I've never asked you this. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did, did I make a fool of myself during the first dance? No. Thank you. I don't remember it. I know. No. I don't know. You, I think what you meant to say was no. I remember every second of it, and no, you you looked, you looked like you were holding your own. With the, with the no, I, what I'm trying to tell you, no, I don't. I don't mean that. What I'm trying oh. to say, and I, I need to directly refute that for <laughs> everyone to hear. That's not exactly what I meant at all. What I meant was, <laughs> you didn't do anything memorable, like foolish, yeah. because I would have been like. Yeah, Kev, no, you tripped on the dance floor four times. Like, I would have remembered it. Yeah, tripping would have even been okay. I mean, the only, as far as I'm concerned, the only reason she should uh, feel justified in having a beef 
is if I like took my shirt off or something like that, <laughs> waved it around. Which, which it's my party. I'm well within my rights to do that. As long as That's the pants, if the pants stay on, everything else is fair game. Am I wrong? Uh, I would agree with that. With as much as they cost, yeah, you should Let's be able to take our friends your shirt in off. Philly. I think our friends in Philly know the know the rules. <laughs> Do they know the rules to anything? Are there any rules, <laughs> Philly? Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to discuss. Probably more. I mean, I don't want. I want to keep reiterating that I don't want. I'm not being like that. It, that it was actually a really nice wedding, and the people were really nice. Because sometimes when you say stuff like that, it just sounds like, oh my god, it's the worst. Mm-mm. None of it was bad. Everybody was chill. Fathers, especially fathers of the bride at weddings, are the biggest hams. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, you keep the couple on your side, but really, uh, you know, in a in a in a in a, a male female relationship, really any relationship, there's somebody who's more interested in the music, right? One one half of right. the couple is infinitely more interested in the music. Keep that person happy. Usually, it's the wife. Well, yeah, right. Usually, um, it's the bride. And keep the parents as happy as you can. Show them, yep. throw them a bone. If you do that, yep. you're good. I had one. You're good as go. That because I had to. I had to do both jobs. I didn't have a trek life, so I had to do the, some of the announcements and stuff. As Everybody well. needs one. It was a. It was a um, Greek couple that uh, I think were probably maybe second, third generation at the most. So mm-hmm. um, a largely Greek crowd, and um, uh, you know, group of guests, and I pronounced everybody's names. I practiced those names. So hard. And I'm sure everybody thinks other cultures' names are difficult to pronounce. I'm sure people think that Japanese names are difficult to pronounce or, or Asian language names are difficult to pronounce. Greek names are very long. Mm. And um, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think they're uh, mystical, but they're, but they're, you got to practice, right? And I, I crushed it so hard that I could have played whatever I wanted for the rest of the night. They didn't care. They were just happy that I didn't screw up anybody's name, which is fair. Worst nightmare <laughs> of any MC is messing up someone's name. It's terrible at yeah. a wedding. At a wedding, you can't do it. What happened to Trek this past Saturday mm. as the MC at a wedding? Mm. So the wedding coordinator wrote down the father of the groom's name as Rob. Okay. The man's name was Roger. I'm calling him up for his speech. I said Rob like 700 times. He was coming up. When he finally got up there, he said, it's Roger, by the way. And I'm like, did you throw it under the bus? So I corrected it. And I apologized to him. I said, yeah, this is worst, MC's worst nightmare. I'm so sorry. That's how it was written down. He said, no, no, it happens. I'm like, no, man. That is mortifying <laughs> by the way it's like 150 people and everybody's like who is rob you know what i'm saying so I'm like, uh anyway so i yeah worst fear worst fear confirmed yeah it's terrible terrible it is terrible oh, it is man. terrible this, I, is, this has been a, uh, this week's episode of wedding talk with trekking yeah yeah and, and, you know really it's it's gig talk man gig you know what i mean Gig talk, doing you know, getting your money, bro. Um, yo, we finna get to the other side, Kev. You ready? I think I am. I do. <laughs> All right, let's, dude, let's go. 
Rap Sucks Radio. Blah, 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 blah. What up, y'all? You were live on Rap Sucks Radio with your homeboy, Trek Life, and your fam, Kev Sakota. Yo, Rob. Rob. <laughs> Get up here, Rob. Don't be shy. Oh, man. Come on, Rob. So proud. I so proudly said it, too. It's so bad. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. If you would like to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio, you can go to rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you like to catch us on your television or on your computer screen, you can go to BTSN. Uh, dot pass or btsn pass or it's like a gang of them btsn.tv or you could just download the app or channel on your roku or any of your amazon fire devices that will be btsn download that app or channel click on it we are right there with plenty of other dope content btsn behind the scenes network we want in that's right and lastly check us out on instagram rap sucks radio or on facebook rsr podcast all right <sighs> can't believe I messed that man's name up. All right. This episode title is brilliantly accurate from my life as is right now. Title of this episode, y'all, is Work Sucks Radio. Hopefully you're listening to us to pass the time at work because I know that, y'all, that you need an hour where you just kind of doing stuff without thinking about it. Yeah. And we're... We're great for mindless entertainment. Yeah, let me check this out. Oh, thank God. They've spent 20 minutes talking about weddings. That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, really, if you're planning a wedding. Really looking up. Yeah, well, you know, it was funny, right? Um, topic number one is titled, The Karen Meeting Got karen Yep. Yep. Karen Inception. Yep. <laughs> Karen Karen Inception would have been that have been a better top title, actually. Um reason why is Uber puts diversity head on leave after a worker backlash over the quote don't call me Karen events. All right. Sources for this are Gizmodo and uh, New York Times. The players involved are Uber, Bo Young Lee, who is the uh, diversity head, and Karen, who is also the diversity head. Anyway, uh, Uber's put Bo Young Lee, its head of diversity, equity, and inclusion, on leave after employees expressed outrage over a series of events she moderated titled Don't Call Me Karen. Employees express, expressed outrage over the events described as conversations diving into the spectrum of, Amer- of the American white woman's experience. The events focused on women deemed quote-unquote Karens or white women who call the police on black people. Although the talks part of the company's moving forward series were reportedly aimed at being an open and honest conversation about race. Uber employees said they felt they were being lectured about why the term Karen was derogatory in the struggles of white women. When they raised their concerns to Lee, who has been Uber's head of diversity since 2018, she reportedly dismissed them. Kev. Lee moderated two don't call me Karen events uh, at Uber in April and May. After the first event, a black woman employee at Uber asked how the company would prevent, quote unquote, tone deaf, offensive and triggering conversations from being part of his diversity efforts. The time found Lee said to have responded to that 
responded that the Moving Forward series meant to promote tough conversations and was not meant to be comfortable. Take it away, Kev. Uh, This is a very weird story. (laughs) It is. Because it took me a couple reads of this article to realize that the objections... First of all, it took me a little while to figure out what this these events were about specifically. Okay. Because um, you know we we um, the story defines Karens as is is white women who call the police on on black people. But I think Karens are a many splendored thing. I think there's a wide spectrum mm. of Karens. If anyone from uh, the the woman in Central Park who could have gotten this guy this bird watcher killed mm-hmm. by NYPD, all the way over to um, a white man in Florida who just got Amanda Gorman's uh, book banned from uh, elementary mm. schools, you know? Sure. Um, so there's there's quite a, a wide range. But what I think this was, was um, the seminar was trying to get at why it's not fair to call people Karen. Um, okay. And so I think the complaints were coming from the people of color. I think they named, they specifically said there was a black woman who raised questions. Um, so I just didn't understand any of it. The woman who uh, was running the thing is an a- a- Asian lady for whatever that's worth. But, yeah, I was going to ask, like, yeah, either Asian or mixed, right? I, I don't know. She might, she might, maybe like she was Hapa. I'm not I, sure. Yeah. Half Karen. <laughs> Half Karen. Um, I'm not sure how this one works for me. All right, so let, let me let me let me kind of piece this together as I read it, right? Because it was behind a paywall initially. I was like, wait, what? What are we doing? I'm, hey man, you got to you got to let me know cost, which man. you got to pay the cost. <laughs> you pay a dollar to read that story? No, thank you. <laughs> um, so. I understand first I'm starting broad first. I understand the ideology behind a company having these like diversity trainings and discussions. I totally get it. I don't know about any other person of color or black person or whatever in particular or whatever. I loathe these things. <laughs> I cannot stand these like whenever I see one on my calendar I'm like Come on, man. Uh, I don't want to notice about my coworkers. <laughs> that that's the thing. Like I, I look, this is what I've done, and I'm gonna get to the Karen thing and why why I could give uh Miss Lee or Miss or Mrs. Lee us uh there was a better way she could have gone about it, but check it out. I have done a pretty good job of no longer ever typecasting people. Like, I just be like, you're going to tell me who you are. I'm not going to guess. I'm not going to assume for better or for worse. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've even been, I remember we were at Zuma. What's the name of the beat? Zuma? It's not Zuma. Whatever. Out past your way. And uh, this dude had a white power tattoo on his stomach. You know what I'm saying? And I guess it must have been from a past because he was very, he apologized to me. 
I'm sitting next to him. He probably, honestly, giant dude, too. He's like, man, my bad. This is from a time of bad decisions. I was like, he, it was white pride. It wasn't white power. Mm. I was like, there's nothing wrong with being proud of your ancestry, too, man. It's just that that, you know, was hijacked in a derogatory form. You can be proud of who you are. You know what I'm saying? And dude kind of side looked at me like, wait, what? For real? I'm like, I'm not offended by anything until you show me right. what it means. You see what I'm saying? So the fact that he was apologetic and all of that just says, look, if you have an ancestry that you're proud of and it goes deep into certain roots and what have you, I totally get it. I totally get your your country singing proud to be an American people. Like, I get it. I'm not one of them per se, but I totally get it. And I totally think that they should have the space to be that way. Right. But this is where my advice to Bo Young Lee comes in. Mm-hmm. It's still not the primary issue you see what i'm saying it's baked into an overall issue but her problem was making being called a karen and the plight of the the white american woman the primary issue well, that's where we have a problem you see what i'm saying like if if I, yeah. and i've had these conversations before where, where and it's usually not a white person that does this by the way it's totally always somebody different non-black but just you know but uh, non-white as well. And they'll always be like, well, what would happen if white people say they have white pride? And I'm always like, well, yeah, what would happen? You, what do you think we would do? You think black people would like start aggressively breakdancing? Like we would be like, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Were, were, were you trying to like get a rise out of like what kind of part? What part of the show was this? But if if that ability or inability to express pride in themselves is seen as the primary problem with race in America, then it's like, dude, you're stupid. Mm. That's not the primary issue. Also, can I note something, Kev? I don't go on Twitter as much anymore. White men say Karen way more than anybody else I've ever seen. <laughs> like, at least in my experience, I, I don't have like homeboys that use, that describe women as specifically white women is Karen. It's like a joke in my house. Like if I'm like, yo, how come nobody did the dishes? If I say that, they'd be like, dang, dishes Karen. That's how they talk. That's how we talk to each other in my house. It's like like not super specific to to white people. Again, I get it. I understand that it it's derogatory towards white women and I'm rambling on and on about this. But my point is it is not the primary issue. It had she baked that into all of the more important or actually more uh, negatively impactful issues that happen to women overall, including white women. Right. Even in that conversation, like Karen falls so far down the list of like women's rights issues. Like it's just not one of like it's like you you just decided you was gonna swing wildly because somebody, you know, defending a friend of yours. And and I have more thoughts on this, but I'm passing it back to you because I've been talking too much. But that's my, my thing. No, I, I think uh yeah, I definitely uh don't think it would have ever necessitated in a company of any size or structure uh, a two-part event series. <laughs> if anything, perhaps it could be, you know, uh, why uh, subtle racism can, can, can gradually erode a uh, workplace culture, right? Focused on right. 
uh, people of color, definitely women of all uh, genres, um, gay folks, anybody who's not a, a straight white male, the, the traditional right. majority, um, which I don't even know what Uber's constituency is or whatever, but and they've had some issues in the past just with general uh, nonsense behavior with the old CEO, right? But um, I can see it being used as a device to say, because um, we have to point out, I don't think there were any white women quoted in this article complaining about the event series either, right? Or no. saying like whatever wasn't enough or this, that, or the other, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so... I can see it being used as, hey, you know, when you cross the street because you see this guy coming down, you know, the other direction. Uh, and just because he's a black guy, um, you know, that's. That that should tell you something about how you view the world. It doesn't mean you're an evil, uh, hateful person necessarily, but um, take some time to figure out what that's about. Right. And, mm -hmm. and or whatever else, you know, sitting down at a lunch table in the cafeteria, whatever. And if if um, the folks who you're telling this to say. I don't get it, then maybe at that point you can use that brief moment to say, hey, how do you feel when someone calls you a Karen? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, cut it out. Don't, don't do <laughs> Settle down. Yeah. You're making it weird out there. Listen. <laughs> Um, you hit, you kind of brought up a good point and I'll, I'll kind of compound, compound on this a little bit. Um, you know, walk so crossing the street when you see a black male. Yeah. That's right? almost or, a stereotype situation in itself, but whatever. Right. Automatically. Um, but it, there's, there's, there's always like an, a, an inverse to these things that I, I experience and that is like making experiences with other people like an event mm. right like oh i talked to my asian friends about <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like yo it's not an event man it's you're just talking to a part like mm. i sat next to my black coworker today and didn't feel any discomfort it's like well i mean stop stop making these things events you know what I'm saying? Just deal with people on the level they deal with you on because the the argument, of course, has become equality, uh, equity over equality, right? Like, fine. You ain't got to like nobody. Just get out of my way when it's time for me to make moves successfully based on what I've earned or whatever, right? I would argue that the two go hand in hand, but I ain't trying to have that argument no more because mm. people will be yelling at me about it. And I'm like, mm. You don't stop the actual bias, then how do you get into the position? That and that's the thing. That's the thing. So, we you have to have the uh lack of ego and try to be as unselfish as possible in those situations, which yes, everybody hates those meetings. But you have to it's like going to the gym. No one very few people love going to the gym. Definitely all of us who need to go to the gym hate going to the gym. But when you decide sure. to do it, you go and you know it's going to be painful and you go because you know it's good for you. 
this is this is kind of good for you so so listen you don't have to say nothing generally i mm-hmm. don't think right um try and and learn and also but mostly with the ego and the selfishness try to realize that your life if you're lucky is going to be 80 90 years right if you're really lucky you exist in a, a long history of stuff that you don't even want to talk about right none of us really wants to talk about we wish some of us wish right. we didn't have to even know about it and some of us don't want to know about it because it makes us feel bad about who our predecessors were and what they might or might not have done. Who knows? Right. But, right. Uh, sorry. <laughs> right. What yeah. are you supposed to do about that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that, and that history has led us to a place where we can have a conversation. How many times have you gotten in a fight with your significant other and you knew that that was not the time to have a, adult conversation but when you finally had that adult conversation even if it was a couple days later mm-hmm. it's it things are better for the most sure part, right if you're if you're sure. not complete cycles or one of you is not a complete cycle right so let's have a conversation let's talk let's talk trash let's uh you know i i you know i think depending on who you're talking to you can poke a little fun or whatever um some people aren't gonna like that you got to figure that out but um Listen, the guy who sat next to you at the beach with two wife, I don't know what I would have done. I'd have been looking for a sharp object, but um, or I would have just gotten out of there. But what you said to him, I think was you in nature, generous, um, understanding. <laughs> but clearly he apologized because that's not why he, he didn't. That's not he, how, why he did it initially. He right. Uh, exactly. Right. right? Um, so so. That would have been the only other thing I would have said to him. Look, you're apologizing to me. To me, that means that what you're bad when you say bad decisions, you it's because when you did it, there was a, there might have been, you know, it might not just have been about you being proud of yourself. It might be you being proud of was, being something that you thought was better than something else, right? And if that's the fact the that case, he, the fact yeah. That, yeah, you you apologize. Hey, you know, you're the one who has to walk around with that thing on you all day long, so. Yeah. Take out and I mean I would like to hope that 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 understanding led to the idea that maybe you should look into the depth of your culture, who you are, where your family's from, and realize that everybody has that. You know what I'm saying? Every human being has a a trail of family that they can research and and learn more about an actual family history, and you know. Um, do with it what you what you will. Some people are like, I don't care. I'm here now. Doesn't matter to me. And I'm like, okay, shut up. Like I don't, you know. People tend to care about those things, and and that's fine. I'm also remember, like I said, I don't want to know that about my coworkers. And you know, you say, like you said, it's it's best to sit and listen or whatever. But see. I'm like, dude, this class ain't for me. This for y'all. I already know all this. Like, well, didn't you say before that whenever they have those things, though, they say something and then they like, yeah, you. Mm-hmm. And I gotta be like, <laughs> it's funny because the last one, real, real quick, and we can jump to the next subject. The last one was about, um, like bias. It's a bias and inclusion class. The sister that was teaching it was real cool. She was really good. Um, 
but it was about like privileges and can you recognize the privileges you have and you, the ones you don't right and and the privileges that were listed were were things like two parent home um never had to help your parents pay bills things of that nature right and i was like yeah it's funny because a lot of times when i walk into a room and i'm having a conversation with different people they assume that i didn't experience any of these privileges mm-hmm. <laughs> but i totally grew up like that you know what i'm saying which to me this is the funny thing cuz i i i had to think about this cuz of course i had a coworker i didn't know the dude that had to be that guy right but to me, this should tell you why you should be understanding of how racism and bias can affect the person's life so dramatically. You know what I'm saying? I talk to a lot of my peers my in my age group. I made far less types of mistakes or decisions that they made, but my past was always altered by bias or or racism, right? My principal at my school was fired two years after for racial conduct at the school. Like, mm. this is the same principal that my freshman year in my honors AP class handed everybody a book but me and then said, I don't think you're going to be in this class too much longer anyway. Oof. I mean... It's it's hard, Kev, because and this is another thing. I I move on after this. I promise, but I've been meaning to say this on this show, yeah. and I'm gonna probably say it to a lot of people. The other thing is, people keep connecting poverty to blackness, and so if they grew up poor and you didn't, what they feel this happens in hip hop a lot. I had a blacker experience than you. Those I've heard those words mm. from people that are in mainly. I, I never have heard that from anybody outside of hip hop. It's always a DJ, MC manager, oh, someone a non, from who, a non-black person from right a non-black person. It's all it's it, it is rampant in hip hop to believe that poverty and blackness are the connected tissue, and I'm like no. Stop connecting the two for for both people's sake, mm-hmm. right? To not undermine your own personal struggle, but also not to undermine my, like everybody else's experience. Like, oh, dang, yo, we moved out the city. We There's no more racism. Nothing has happened. Oh, my God. Like, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So these are the types of things that aren't really being taught when you're saying, don't call me Karen for too damn probably two hour meetings that nobody wants to be at you know yeah. what i'm saying and part of me says that you know one to to teach uh one of these courses you know i i, I would hope in that but i do believe that you have to have some sort of a background in sociology and have sure. some sort of expertise in these these topics um and so that's why it was very it seemed extra weird that someone who was at least partially asian was was kind of like <laughs> dropping the ball a little bit you know um, yeah but um, but yeah, listen, we all have biases. We all have we all you know, that's how we function in the world is to see something and try and identify it. And and with with whatever experience we have, you know, um, it's it's I think the best one of the first things you can try to realize is that it's one thing to look at a car and try and identify if it's a, if it's a charger or a challenger. 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's from afar. Right? It's another thing <laughs> to look at a person from afar, from the same distance, and try and, and tell their whole life story to, to where it becomes factual in your mind. You still do that, I think, to a certain extent, but you also have to learn, you know, like one, if I want to know about your family, tell me about your family. Yeah. If you want. I don't I don't know anything about you. You know, but I but I like you, you know. How'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? Whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, right? And and we don't do that enough. And I I don't know how much of that gets taught in these these DEI things, you know. That's that's the that's part of the um the difficulty, you know, we want to get right to the root of what is because they don't have a lot of time. I would assume the company doesn't have a lot of money they want to spend on this kind of stuff. They want to do the bare minimum, so they're going to get right to the 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 root problems, which are the most severe things. Um, which is not, which I understand, but it's also not necessarily the thing that's going to get us to the place we need to go. I do think that younger people, and I could be completely wrong, like kids, um, they've grown up in a place where those stereotypes aren't quite as pronounced in the world that they live in. Sure. They watch and all that stuff. So I think it's hopefully going to be better. Just like it was better for us than I'm sure it was for our parents. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we just, we're going to, we're going to see where it goes. But um, when it comes to oppressed uh, and marginalized groups, um, Karen's are not going to be making the playoffs for a few seasons. (laughs) And I, I, you know, I, I hate to be a pundit here, and 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 you know, but I gotta believe that Karen's got they, like, they got a lot of rebuilding to do over the next few seasons, and and you know, maybe 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 one day, you know, but uh, I don't think any of the rest of us wants to put in a lot of effort in in uh, you know helping them sort of get their chops up. So i i mean i you know i hope i hope what's good for all people is good for you know all people experience goodness and peace and and safety etc but i'm you know miss lee or mrs lee i'm not certain like you got to be a damn fool to think that that's a primary conversation Two right now part event series yeah how do you start that with saying okay so today in part one of the Don't Call Me Karen event series. <laughs> and I'm certain that Don't Call Me Karen extended to other derogatory forms. Yes, like I said, it's not primary. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't, that ain't, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the <laughs> league, the league, the league is going to cheat to put, get that one out of the playoffs. Exactly. And we, and we do our best to, uh, to research when, when it comes to um, sensitive uh, subjects in, in, in terms of racial dynamics between uh, groups of Americans or just in, in, around the globe, uh, I think Gizmodo is probably the first place we go to, as with most people, right? So that's what we've done here. We've done our best. <laughs> Maybe Wirecutter will have an article next week or something. <laughs> I'm like, yo. Car and driver, perhaps. <laughs> I'm like, Yo, just stop calling people stuff until they do something like for real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's exactly it, it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And of course, stay away from the pejoratives, like you know, racial pejoratives and and you know, social pejoratives or whatever. But like something like Karen or whatever, like 
I don't know. It like I said, I I don't really see like I definitely have seen more white men do it than anybody else. And I'm not sure if it's tongue in cheek, but I've definitely on social media, which is not <laughs> not necessarily the qualifier for anything. It's just my own they're personal experience. To, they're so. trying to endear endear themselves to you. <laughs> they are. Like, <laughs> like come hang out over here. Watch the angels with me. (laughs) I tell you what, let's let's speed through these next two and call it a call it a a night here. These next. You want to speed through these? We we have so much time in the year. Oh yeah. Well, oh we 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 don't have to. I wanted I want to do this next one before we bounce. Uh, Topic number two, titled Bueller. Should we make this a two part series? (laughs) We should, right? Bueller Radio Part Two. <laughs> Don't call me Bueller. Um, which is interesting because this uh, just happened to me, right? Rob, <laughs> Rob. Anyway, yo, Kev, how I should show this to to my wife. Actually, she might get a kick out of this. An IT worker who has been on sick leave for fifteen years sued IP, IBM for not raising his sixty-seven thousand dollars salary while he was off work. The judge threw out the case. This must not have happened in California. No, I think. By the way, in, I think it was in Great Britain. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And we're gonna because they the California would have been like, no, you need to raise that. I don't know if they're great. They gotta make it great again. Yahoo.com is the source for this. IBM and Ian Clifford are the players involved. An IT worker who's been on sick leave for 15 years sued IBM for not giving him a pay raise. But an employment judge dismissed the case saying it did not amount to disability discrimination. Uh, Ian Clifford, 50 years old, started sick leave on September 2008 for mental health related reasons and was still off work in 2013 having been diagnosed with stage four leukemia when he raised the grievance that said he had not received a salary increase or pay vacation or vacation pay during those five years. In April 2013, he reached a compromise agreement with IBM that meant he was put on the company's sickness and accident plan, which entitled him to receive 75% of his salary until he retired or otherwise ceased to be on the plan. Under the plan, he would receive 67 thousand almost sixty eight thousand dollars per year until he turned 65 in february 2022 clifford took ibm to an employment tribunal with disability discrimination claims similar to those in his 2013 grievance grievance he said i'm playing way too much star wars i'm like grievous uh he said he was treated unfavorably because he had no salary increase okay Clifford said it was a disability. It was disability discrimination not to increase the payments while he was off work sick because inflation was causing the value of his income to wither, per the uh, tribunal judge. Uh, Clifford was seeking a raise of Kev. Get this, two point five percent. Okay. An employment judge dismissed the case, saying that it's not disability discrimination. That the plan is not even more the plan is not even more generous he added that the payment plan was very substantial and that clifford had been treated more favorably than those not disabled because he was being paid without having to work uh that's not how that's supposed to work but anyway clifford told the telegraph that he took legal action because not because he was quote unquote greedy but because he wanted to provide financial security for his family and his son who was at university go ahead kev yeah 
I don't know why I read that whole article. But first of all, leukemia sucks. So it, yes. Yeah, and 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 I take it that he's not, you know, not going to be around forever. Um, but this guy is a goddamn hero. <laughs> I mean, come on. To be able to to just get up and get to the computer to file your grievance with mm-hmm. balls that big. You know what I I he he's he's making up for a lot of things that uh, the UK have have done wrong through the years as far as I'm concerned. This is a reverse Brexit. It, it, absolutely. I don't know what that means but yes. Uh he <laughs> the article says he's 50. If, if that's to mean that he's 50 now, that means he's been in this situation since he was 35. So say he started on the off chance he started at IBM right out of school 2021, right? Mhm. He gave that company 15 years and was then making, what, upwards of 80 grand, I guess, if this is 75% mm-hmm. of, of his pay. Mm-hmm. Asians mm-hmm. are very good at math. That you can bank on in your DEF. <laughs> um, I, I love everything about this story. I like the <laughs> fact that, I mean, you know, listen, clearly the guy's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how how difficult his day is in terms of pain and so forth on a daily basis. Clearly, he he's got to be a little bit bored, right? His his kid is off at, at university. You know, maybe he's an empty nester at fifty. I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, to come yeah. up with this, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Pretty fantastic. The I mean, he could have also, he, Kev, he could have had the child when he was thirty no, no, that's, years old. That's true. So. Or maybe the, he's saving up for the kids' college. Who knows? But just to come up with this for the outside chance, the, the chance one that they're going to say kick rocks, right? Uh, but 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 you 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 know, being the optimist he is, looked at the upside of like maybe what another twelve grand a year. <laughs> Hey, I don't even know what to say because, to be fair, um, the last thing the judge said was actually wrong. Like, no, nah, man, that's how disability works. If you're on disability, you're not selfish or getting kindness from the company. Like, disability is kind of for situations like these. I'm not sure if I've ever heard of 15 years of it, but I know that it's possible. It's absolutely possible. Yeah. Um, we have people who fought so, yeah, in wars a hero. who came back without limbs over here getting significantly poorer treatment than this dude. Way. Yeah, IBM is like better than the government for sure. <laughs> because the government is like, oh, man, that's crazy. You went to war, man. You lost both arms. Yeah. Um, here's some drugs. Live on the street. Here's some drugs, and when you come into the office, just wait in this line for about two weeks in the waiting room. Maybe maybe we'll check you out, see how you're doing. There will be no preferential treatment whatsoever. I mean, you didn't do anything important to deserve it. Oh, man. Yeah. This is kind of a no Just to have some some attendant walk out into this crowded waiting room and say, Rob! (laughs) I'm sorry, it's Roger? Uh, Oh. You filled out your form wrong. My bad. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to wait in line. Not again. at work, bro. <laughs> was he a Bueller? Bueller. He was not there. Oh. 
God. Yes. So he's, um, he's yo, our, we've been uh, at this. Yeah. You can cut it off. Yeah. Our Rap Sucks Radio Hero of the Week, though. We need to officially <laughs> award <laughs> to Ian Clifford. I think, Ian I think Clifford. we have to make it a global award. It's only been, uh, to this point, a sort of Southern California-based award, but uh, we're going to expand it to a global footprint. Hero of the yeah, week. I think Ian Clifford deserves to be the first uh, international. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm going to pitch a Rap Six Radio idea to you right here on the before we try, sign off. No, let's go. Should we just go ahead and bite the bullet and do a Patreon? And within that Patreon, what do you get if you subscribe to it? Mm. You would get a we would basically set up Rap Six Radio T-shirts and exclusive annual or biannual releases of Rap Six Radio T-shirts with catchphrases, sort of like "Old Head Energy" hmm. or things of that nature. What do you think about that, Kev? I think we should. I think we could also just pay each other on one episode. That it might amount. To. That's true. <laughs> That's true too. We could just go sit down, each other, money. buy each other beers, and look at the guy with the uh, the true. white pride tattoo. That's true. I am a uh, yeah. I'm, I'm um, end of June, no, early July. Actually, I'm going to be home for your birthday this time again. Oh, I thought you were going to be gone. A funny thing, I might be gone. Nope. I'll tell you about that later. All right, cool. Uh, I'll be home for mine. So there's that. <laughs> All right. So yo, this has been Rap Six Radio. We are. I'm. I'm really thinking about working on this Patreon. We're at 170 episodes. I mean, I'm imagining that by the time we get to 200, we're either going to be like, man, okay, this is enough, or we need to start taxing y'all for all the great entertainment we gave y'all over the years. Yeah. <laughs> so I it's need one my or the chips. We dip. <laughs> I don't care if it's all pennies. I need my chips. Um, I will holler at y'all. Kev. <laughs> We're going to get a bunch of wait. dimes. We're yeah, going to get 7,500 like pounds worth of dimes. <laughs> uh, Kev. Off the top of your head. Best opening best opening line in hip-hop opening rap line in hip-hop microphone check one two what is this the five-foot assassin with the roughneck business nice nice or mine had okay go mine had to be huh you go first I'll well, you do another one. oh i break bread ribs hundred oh, yep. dollar bills yep 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 um you will right, now consider me the apocalyptic one Man, you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had one for the money, yes, sir, two for the show a couple of years ago uh, on Headland and Dandelow. I thought that was dope, too. All right. If you're out there and you made it to the end of the episode, in the chat on Rouse Radio, Instagram, or RSR Podcast, under this episode, your favorite hip-hop line, opening hip-hop line of all time. We out, y'all. Yep. Peace. Peace.